Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We got a great one here for you today. Couple new things. There's a book club. We're trying out a new intro song. And we had a great conversation about what it means to look far. So, <laughs> welcome and sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We have Austin, myself, out here in Gatineau, Quebec. Uh, out of Wakefield tonight, so uh, I can actually engage with these guys over video chat, which and not lag out. Um, Ammer out in uh, Etobicoke, Ontario, and uh, and and John out in Kelowna, BC, as usual. Uh, <laughs> what is Etobicoke? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, Etobicoke is an area within Toronto, and stop misspelling it. It's just say oh, Toronto. Oh, actually, hold on. Isn't that that? Um, wasn't that on that Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was on. Uh, it's on the cats thing. Look, I don't want to talk about Etobicoke. Etobicoke is a great, beautiful place. It's in Toronto. It's just say Toronto, and you make uh, sure you pronounce the K very hard. Etobicoke. Yeah, there you go, uh, John. John, it's, how it's, are you? I don't know you, why man? it's spelled that way. <laughs> Ignore Austin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Actually, before John, hold on. Sorry, John. Yo, Austin, we started a book club. That's such a great idea. Yeah. So. I kind of just by the seat of my pants was reading this book and I knew that Ammer and I were reading the same book and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to throw it up on the uh, podcast Instagram account Yeah. and see if anybody can join along with us. So we have now four inaugural members of the first ever weekly call book club. We got the first ever to join was no other than Adam Denny. Denison. Shout out Denny. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Denny on the, the block. Le- <laughs> yeah, guys in the east having a savage year, number two in the uh, with, with student works, which is great, absolutely killing it. Second was Connor Blass from out west. John, I think you know him. The man with the knee. The man, the man with that knee, that knee, that half marathon knee. The guy that powered through that injury. Oh um, yeah. John, you know who that is, right? Yeah, he runs his business. I think in Lethbridge. Okay, cool. Uh, that's great. And then we also had uh, Valerie Senka join. She was number three. Shout out, Valerie. And I think she uh, she was the one that was emailing you. Yeah. And talking about that. That's last two week. episode yeah. shout outs yeah. in a row. Jeez, Valerie, you're going to become She's a celebrity. She's hogging the mic. Active, yeah. active. Um, and then and Jonah. The f- Jonah. And Jonah. Yeah, exactly. Jonah was the fourth. So we got us three and then Adam, Valerie, Jonah, and Connor. So... Can't wait for anybody I'll else. I'll just explain this. L- let me explain yeah. this. If if you're yeah. if you're listening and you're anything like me, you usually don't get you don't read unless like 
you know, there's a group or it's a little bit competitive or there's a little bit of a, of a movement. So I basically said, Hey, you know what, let's, 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 you know, every month we're going to play a game to read one book and we're going to be looking to do around a hundred pages a week. Fairly straightforward. The book of the day, the book of the month for the month of August is the black swan. It's not an easy read. But let me tell you, every page you learn so much information and it's actually very user-friendly, but the concepts yeah. are really um, really deep. Right? It's, this guy just has an absolutely brilliant mind when it comes to how to pick apart inferential statistics. And it's crazy. that sounds a little bit boring the way I just described that, but it's in the context of like massively relevant topics. And the fact that it was written... Uh, when when was it written? Early two thousands. Oh uh, nine, I think. Oh nine. Okay, so it was it, essentially to sum up the book in in one sentence is how humans not only underestimate they don't. It's not that they underestimate the likelihood of black swan events. It's that they underest underestimate the magnitude that they cause in terms of a footprint in history. By the way, a right? black swan and event. What the book is really about is how. John, uh, I mean, Austin, can you explain yeah, what a black swan is? A black swan is just something that is uh, on like previously, like from a proactive perspective, when you're looking forward, you can never see it coming. But from a retroactive standpoint, when you're looking back, it's so easy to like develop a narrative on how it. OK, happened. in plain English, a black swan event is something that's like that's very <laughs> Uh, very uncommon, something that doesn't happen very often. Okay, think of it like rolling like seven uh, black, a uh, sorry, seven, seven sixes in a row. Okay, it doesn't happen that often, okay? Um, but if someone rolls seven sixes in a row in Yahtzee, it, they're probably going to win the fucking game. Mm-hmm. I've never played Yahtzee, yeah. so excuse mm-hmm. me if that's not right. <laughs> Look, if you actually want to know what I'm talking about, pick up the book. It's, yeah. it's, it's worth the money. We will never, ever recommend a book on here that's not worth, you know, the dollar. So... It's a great book. If you want to kind of, if you're somebody like me, this is why I love the book is because when I look at the news and, and you know, I love my parents, okay, but they, they are the worst kind when it comes to how they absorb news, okay? There's one media outlet, they listen to it, it's highly emotional, it's all the same information, and they just get, and, and like the problem with, uh, with, with this way of living, and, and, I, and I think that if you agree with me, you'll love this book, is because it's so unilateral, and like the, 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 the lens that people are using to look at, at life events, it's all converging through one possible funnel called the media, and all journalists have each other's articles and viewpoints on things so they have to you know converge and or or, or completely disagree with somebody just for you know you get around the idea of like clickbait and funneling and all that crap and it's just like what actually happens what's the impact of it and what are all the human biases around all this stuff that we perceive wrongly and and anyway it's very very fun and i and i and i uh would recommend anybody here to join and again, it's 100 pages a week, like Amher said. Very user-friendly. It's like, I think that works out to 100 divided by 7, I don't think, is a pretty number. But, We're looking uh, at basically doing one book a month, essentially. Yeah, 14, 15 pages, essentially, per uh, per week. Which or looks per about, day. yeah. Sorry, yeah. per day, yeah. It's not that much at all, but, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, and I think we recommend it. And if you're behind for any reason, I mean, it's a whole month, right? So... 
yeah. very rare than and we a page. do we do just like weekly updates we're going to spend like maybe a couple minutes uh each each podcast just kind of discussing some relevant points that we found to be really relevant in the in the week so yeah um john you hit us with uh moving on here john you hit us with a with a bit of a nuke of a text earlier man what was let, going on there? i need to explain this because i i got a text on my phone i was just like hanging out i just finished eating food and i got a text from john and he says topic for the night semicolon john leaves student works painting so i'll say it again topic for the night that's this is the text that he sent me John leaves student works painting and I'm like what just happened he probably just get into a brawl with like all the executives like put someone in like a choke slam position and uh something crazy happened where they didn't pay him his check he's starting a rebellion <laughs> a rebellion out west I actually had no idea and I just replied instantly within like three seconds I'm like what no I, I so I, John I have, explain I, I the definitely... situation I'm going crazy what's happening here no, I, I definitely sort of clickbaited you guys here. Oh so, so it, it's true. So most likely, okay, I will not be a student works operator next year. However, I will be switching brands. Okay, are you so, leaving? Correct. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start running a pro works franchise, oh. which is it's 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 like a sister company. It's a bit of a different brand. Uh, well, I mean, it's a completely different brand. It's just a different. It's a different uh, market, really. It's going after some similar clientele but certainly going after larger jobs going after a different area of the market that student works doesn't typically operate in which is usually um large large residential and strata work uh commercial work that kind of stuff now would um, you still all repaints i gotta ask so when you're making this decision uh what was the uh the trigger what was the the straw that broke the camel's back so to say It's actually it's well it's actually one of the topics of the uh, later like when we do John's jargon so I guess we can kind of maybe almost kill two birds with one stone here. No, totally, man. <laughs> um, which is, you know, yeah. sort of trying to cultivate the power of 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 thinking ahead, right? Because so many times we're just focused so much on what's happening right now that by the time it's kind of like you remember when you first started driving a car, you just looked like right at the road in front of you. And you're just like swerving all over the place and it's just super yeah. scary. But then when you actually became a good driver, it's when you looked up and you gained a different perspective and you're looking farther ahead, right? Oh, John, and I had this uh, instructor. He was a nice Indian guy. And I, I would never forget in the car, he, he's like so wise. He has like a big turban on, a bit overweight. And whenever we would drive, if there's any silence, he would just be like, Amr, don't forget, look far. Always look far. <laughs> Not just when you drive. Also in life. Look far. Now it's going so. philosophical. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it's it's true, amazing. Though. Like John just nailed it on the head. You literally took me back six years when I was this guy was training me how to drive. And it was like, yes, you gotta keep you gotta look far. Well, you gotta look far, <laughs> but let me let me also just bring everyone right to where they probably are now, right? And I think a lot of a lot of business owners are finding themselves with a recruiting problem because they were so focused on producing the current job when they should have been focusing on producing 10 jobs from now. Ooh. 
a year from now, right? How many people <laughs> thought that all of their all of their employees were going to last, right? And now we're finding yeah. that you know thirty five percent of of eligible Canadians are on CERB, right? Yeah, and Ooh, these people crazy. are potentially not working, right? Some are maybe double dipping yeah. a bit, but um, these people aren't working. The job market's definitely an employees market, right? It's crazy, and I, I know that Austin, you, I know you had your struggles with that, right? Um, oh man, I'm May and June were right? a bit of a yeah, a bit of a stretch. Like you know, I I, I learned more this year about how to run a uh, a service based business than than I ever have, and this is my third year doing it. Like I would say, I've learned more this year than I did in my first and second year combined. How to run a business in a small community uh, when you literally, for the life of you, just can't find people to work. And like yeah. I had a few good people. It was just like, you know, it, we're, we're a little bit rural, so it's not too attractive for people to come out there to work, even though, you know, we're uh, just on the outskirts of a big city. And um, it was crazy. And it was all, it was just so frustrating that like, you know, and I got hung up in the idea of getting frustrated with like, oh, it's a global pandemic. Nobody has a job yet. For some reason, I can't hire people. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And so I was getting more frustrated and like annoyed with, the way of being of other people that lasted for about two three weeks and i just realized you know this frustration this annoyance ain't gonna help me solve the problem at all so i just was like you know i need to just invest a lot more in recruiting and i've invested in in hiring like my indeed portfolio is you know people know that this painting company in chelsea and wakefield they're hiring and i've got a ton of uh, resume like paying for them of course but investing more into it and of course you just look at it more emotionlessly and solving the problem. And I was showing you guys this last week, right? And after we're doing like another round of hiring for the fall, but yeah, um, I'm totally right, John. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, there's a, there's, there's it's it's becoming more and more difficult to hire employees. We'll see what happens going to the fall. I know that the government just announced that they're going to roll CERB into EI and they're going to mix that somewhat so that they can continue to essentially yeah, like, uh keep people just, dependent on them i don't know it <laughs> seems like a terrible decision yeah i gotta maybe trying to buy maybe trying to buy votes or something like that i gotta I go know. up the hill i gotta go up the hill and speak to my cousin justin trudeau there you know he's just gonna he's, he has oh, to smarten yeah. up a bit he's just smarting uh, up a bit you know he has like a cot his his cottage or his uh like his his mass it's not a cottage it's like an estate but like his cottage is in chelsea i don't know if you knew that no, so, I didn't. So I, I could technically, like, when I go can, like, I could go canvassing on Meech Lake Road, and then if I'm knocking on doors at the end of the road, I just get to like this massive gate with like eight police cars parked in front of it, and like four cameras, and like if you walk up to it at night, like just fifteen floodlights turn on, and and it's crazy. Like it's it's he he when he's at his cottage, it's like hilarious. <laughs> He's like in my turf. I'm like, yo, Justin, need some painting. He's though? probably like, soaking up all that Wi-Fi and watching whatever he's watching down there. And jeez, I no wonder your Wi-Fi is so crap. <laughs> he has like 15 satellites yeah, yeah, just good. soaking up every ounce <laughs> of megabyte. But yeah, listen, there's a great video on YouTube of Jeff Bezos being interviewed by his brother. I mentioned this here before. And, oh, wow. and, and he asked Jeff about his idea about what, what, what do you think makes you you? One, he said his resourcefulness, but two, it's what exactly John just talked about, is his long-term thinking. Jeff basically said, when him and his board members are sitting and planning for the future, if, it's, if right now we're on the third quarter for 2020, these guys would be sitting and planning 
the fourth quarter of 2024 and what they're going to do. Wow. And that's what their conversation was about because what's happening next quarter has already been decided three years ago. And so imagine a student works operator who's just planning for August in February. Yeah. Yeah. He's hiring for September in March. That guy's unstoppable. Nothing can rock him. No black swan event is going to shake his business. He's ready to go. Well, you look at um, going into COVID, right? I, I, mean, I had so many pre-bookings. Correct. For yeah. the summer. Correct. Yeah. Right? yeah. That was one thing I, that kind of gave me a boost too. I think, what's the top franchisee out in uh, Student Works East? Four, 427, I think. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Who is that? Uh, that would be no other than Dr. Mercier. What's the production Canada. at? What do you, what's he produced at? That's the real question. Um, here, I'll just bring it up. Gonna make a run at Amherst record. No way. I need to see the production numbers. He should pro- he should be produced at Amherst. You gotta let me screen share here, man. Oh yeah. You gotta give okay. a man some permission. There you but go. yeah, definitely wanna. Do you definitely wanna think long term for sure? And that's ultimately like there's but there's also this like sort of the two reasons. So one like thinking more long term and, and realizing that. Um, Sorry, we're just now looking at the production numbers, and it does not seem like Mercier is going to go ahead and pull off the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, Mercier, come on, man. Where's uh? I know his his two production managers that are absolute savages. Shout out to uh to Zach Jennings and and Jake. Z- oh man, I'm gonna f- screw up his last. Are they name. savages because they're not producing very well? Because I mean, they gotta get those numbers up. Jeez, Xeros. Exiguros, I can't pronounce this. How would you guys pronounce this last name? Let me know how this would work. This guy's name right here. How would you pronounce that name? Zigoros. X i g g o r o s. Like, yeah. come on, get, get, give the people a I chance. Think it's Greek. Man. No, nobody's gonna pronounce that. It is Jake, Greek. Jake Zigoros. Zigoros. Yeah, good, good lad. Uh, and and uh, huge listener of the podcast. So thanks for that, Jake. Jake. And, uh, clocking in. Six hundred seventy-four hours. Him and, Dude, he's on a tear. This guy's guy back like, has to be broken. That guy worked for uh, for two months or some crazy crap without a day off. Like just going, like the, the guy didn't doesn't have he, he can't downshift. Like he's just always running Dirty. full pin. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it looks like Mac, unless he pulls off. Uh, well, it just depends when his production timeline is, right? Like I'm producing into the fall. So um, anyway. Speaking of lo- of long term um, thinking, I actually th- there was a distinct moment earlier this uh, this Thursday where I realized it was August, and <laughs> and yeah, and I realized that John is a, like has produced around five hundred fifty thousand, and I've realized that I this year have lost twelve thousand dollars. And it kind of put me in the spot where I was like, holy moly. I kind of felt behind. Like I, I felt this fear of missing out. Yeah. And then I, then, crazy. I, and then I took a second and I remembered my commitment. It was a three-year commitment. I wasn't to judge myself until I've accomplished three years yeah. fully into this. Mm-hmm. And the day after, one day after, I've kind of felt hopeless. We sold our program to our first ever customer 
And so that is a huge milestone. So let me clarify. So the past eight months, we've not only been establishing where we belong in the marketplace, what our niche is, what our offering, our pricing, setting our foundations, nailing scripts, attachments, structure. Finally, and I've already filmed half of the course. So we have around 25 hours of pure content, 17 different attachments, scripts, spreadsheets, how-tos, templates. And uh, yeah, one day after I came to that realization, we actually sold- What was the realization? That I, that I felt behind, that I was like, if I came back for, for another year with Studentworks, I would have made already, you know, this amount of money, I would be neck and neck with John, we'd be having a blast. But here I am now in August at, you know, I, I've actually made negative $12,000, right? And I kind of right. felt like, oh man, like, just felt bad, just felt bad. And then the day after, I was like, no, this is actually what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because this individual paid us, I'm not going to disclose the sum because that's like one of our competitive advantages, but he paid us a significant amount of money for something that I've already filmed and completed. And so it's like I've written half of a book and I've sold it. And so. Wow. Can you describe more, not about the numbers per se, just about the type of client? Like, was this a bigger client and like not a So consumer? this is somebody who has a trade business, who has plateaued and has stuck. Okay, so this is just like your regular customer. Yes. Okay, but you have you you said you like you we talked at length before about how you've had like five yes. test clients. Okay, so this is like yes. the first real client. So these test clients, we have to dedicate time out of our day to coach. Right. Do you, to, but do you, but you ever use? Oh, so this guy's just using the. This guy's oh, just so watching just videos. No way, man. So I Dude, I almost cried. So. I almost Dude, cried. that's amazing. I didn't even I didn't even really understand what you were describing because yeah, yeah, I was no, like, no. "Wait, what? You already had clients." But no, no, this is huge, man. That must wow, really happy for you. That yeah. that that must feel like you've already it's essentially like um yeah, Pro- that's the a proof of concept is there. Yeah. So yeah. just yeah. wait till we start scaling. It's going to be dangerous. Oh my god. I'm man. so excited. And so you're going to do you're you, gonna give you you're gonna give no John longer, and I FOMO now. Jesus Christ. Do you do you no longer feel behind? No longer. It was <laughs> so all worth like, it. Because you should still feel behind if you if that you don't, one you sale, <laughs> that one sale made me feel like I was on par of where I need to go. Because that was it. Like that's all I've been working towards is is making that one sale. Because that proof of concept is finally there. Now it's all about. There's no more cloud of war. There's no more uncertainty. It's it's there. I just have to go out and sell. So it's now. I've just I've just done January training last week. They've just given me my client manual, and now it's time to actually go and scale. So that's what it feels like. It feels like I've just started, and uh, I am excited because the the scale on this type of business I think can be much faster than a than a painting business. But only time will tell. Who knows? Maybe Man, next I, year I we only do twenty five thousand dollars in sales, and even in that scenario, I still wouldn't feel behind. Well, because you have intellectual property, it seems like it would be significantly more um, scalable assuming the intellectual property stays up to date yeah well that's like half as, of what as I, in it's my a perennial job. seller yeah. yes but that's what i do i would just update the course but updating the course would probably take me 80 hours so to say at a worst case scenario maybe 100 hours that's like three four weeks of work to update the entire course if i dedicate four weeks of work every every year that's one month a year Right, so I just I just wanted to to throw that out there because I uh, 
there's some entrepreneurs out there who might be listening who are thinking of leaving student work. Would you consider yourself in the tactics business or the strategy business? Oh, definitely strategy. Like tactics just come and go. They expire. There's always a new tactic. I can't it's, wait to buy you a Shirley Temple hammer to celebrate. And see you next. <laughs> oh man, that's that's how you win me over. That's the key to my yeah, heart. Yeah, no, Amr. For those that don't know, uh, absolutely will will mock Shirley Temples all night when yeah. he doesn't drink, right? So he's just ordering Shirley Temples and Shirley Temples. And man, it's like the girliest drink. It's like grenadine, Sprite, and orange juice. And every time I order it, bomb. anybody with an ears drop, look at me. Look, this guy with a beard, just ordering. <laughs> adult six foot adult i remember we were out yeah we were like out to dinner it was like our rookie year you and i were meeting for the first time in uh that steakhouse trip yeah yeah the right yeah exactly and we sat it was me you and chris and we sat down i don't know chris got some wine i got a beer and you're like yeah i'll get a shirley temple and i was just like this guy oh man that's how i judge like (laughs) restaurants but anyways anyways i just wanted you know to, to throw that out there because i just uh yeah it does feel like i I've caught up and just uh, just this morning we had a, a call with one of our customers who said something that I've never heard in my life said to me. He was like, you Amr changed my life. And uh, that wow. was like, I wasn't expecting Dude, that. Dude, was that the guy that referred, called me? No, for that's a reference check no, on no, you? that's that's okay. another customer. And then this morning, I want to know. I, I want to know an update on him. I th- I feel like that would be in line with what he was starting off yeah. with too, right? Do you, do you ever fear that you're not making as much progress as as you want, and that sometimes you potentially look for for evidence that you are actually progressing? Oh, like a confirmation bias that I'm actually making progress. Um, well, it, there's there's no doubting that you're making progress, but I would like to remind you that at one point you said you were going to make a million dollars this year. I did say that, yeah. I so think it that seems was like a, it seems like they go from thinking that you were behind to having one sale come through. Does that not seem like that's just simply ego telling you that you've now like that you're just being blinded by one sale? Yeah, so that's a great question and I'm confident in saying that it's definitely not ego. Um when I declared my goal in November, it was just out of pure excitement and philosophy of like just go big, go big, go big. And I think it was in April that I finally joined a mastermind that had two individuals who also had the similar, uh, who ran a similar type business. And they just told me to do a million dollars requires a minimum of two years to actually set up something that's scalable. And I had no idea what I was really signing up for. So um, I I can't remember who said it, but um, uh, I think it was uh, either Winston Churchill or, or somebody else was just like, most people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in 10. So that kind of reminded me, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I definitely overestimated. Now, now, John, yeah, maybe yeah, I am. Yeah. It's like compound interest, right? Like everyone thinks that they're gonna be able to save like uh, so much money now, but, they're, but, like, but in the future, they're like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna be able to get rich, right? Correct. And hey, look, maybe you're totally right. And I think you might be like, Maybe there's some things I'm leaving on the table. Maybe I could have done. Well, well I actually didn't. Sure. I didn't make a claim. I was actually asking. I, I, oh, I was cool. curious. Yeah, I was cool. curious. Just because, like, I know that sometimes I'm disappointed in myself, and then I simply just go look for confirmation for or, or like, for reasons that like, oh, it's I'm actually fine. Yeah. Right? Like similar to like the overweight person that may just go ask their friends like, 
or like, mm. maybe, like maybe go fetch his compliments like oh you know I'm not really feeling that great like and then all the friends are like oh no, you're beautiful just the way oh, you yeah. are or whatever and they're yeah, like, like oh fishing. you know I am just beautiful the way I am right yeah yeah no no totally um, great point and it really hit home when I've actually shared this goal with the other individual who ran a business who who did actually do a million dollars and he was just blown away at the speed that we've achieved this milestone and so um, I think we're on the right pace and I'm excited where this is going. One of our customers today, he runs a renovation business. Um, he did, we haven't talked to him since uh, end of July and he rounded up his sales for July. And uh, he went from doing 4,000 a month to 60,000. In the month of July with our sales script and our marketing method, uh, he was able to yeah. land some create objection handling what we taught him. He did 60 grand in one month and that's when yo, i knew like we're good yo we're- you need to start doing uh like the short solos that uh, that john and i have done i think you should start doing like the short solo like they could literally be like four minutes man but just sharing on the impact that you're getting back from these people because i don't think that a a lot of our viewers really know what you do in a day and i think that would be helpful and b i think it would be honestly better for you too because you have the chance to kind of reflect on on the impact you're mm-hmm. making on people with coaching them. I think that these types of stories too, maybe it's a little bit of uh, bias because I'm, you know, you and I are good friends, and I, I I'd love to hear that stuff for you. And it also mm-hmm. kind of, it, it's also kind of like good anecdotal, um, you know, sharing that that you're making a difference, and that you know it's really cool to hear because you know your partner Pat is also my coach, so it's like a bit of a connection there. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of people would like to hear like, okay, not only this is the impact that your client had positively because they were working with you and you were consulting for them, but what exactly was the one or two things that made a big shift for them? So for example, this guy that went from 4,000 to 60,000, dude, that is insane. Like Mm -hmm. growth like that doesn't happen. Sorry, he had his, hold on, just to clarify, he made a, how many sales did he make for the 60,000? Six. Six thousand. Okay, yeah, okay. Six so, no six six sales. Six sales for sixty thousand, so ten thousand each. Yeah. Okay, On average, okay. yeah. There were some okay. big beasts that we like yeah. coached them how to objection handle, how to write up a proposal yeah. and, and all that. Like we gave them templates okay. and emails, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So so the thing is though, is I just want you to maybe what would be really valuable, especially for the business owners that listen to this podcast too, right? You don't have to give away your your you know your keys here but you could also just share like you know by making a difference with this person's marketing strategy and tweaking this one thing they're able to go do that so it's like anecdotal mm-hmm. stuff I, I think that would be useful you know selfishly too for me yeah yeah <laughs> like, one, the biggest misconception people have around these staggering results that it was one thing this guy changed his life yeah you're, you're to make totally this goal, right you're right? totally so, right um and maybe that's what you want to share about. I don't know if you're open to that, but hey. Yeah, I, I, I would prefer not to. I'd like to share about my business when it hits specific milestones. You got to remember, this is actually like a juicy industry and uh, I just got to protect my intellectual property, like as, as John said. So I, I just yeah, got to be a little bit competitive. Once we start scaling and we clock in 100K a month, then I'll start sharing deeply. Okay, so, I, so how about you just tell me then? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I can easily do that. I can just give you a quick ring. Like, no, no. Hey, this and that, this I'm and that. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, no, that's yeah, great. I love sharing about the business, but again, it's a very slow running business because we have to learn. It's like I take, um, it, it's like I build a bike 
and then I, I then I give you the bike, Austin. And then you, for you to actually give me feedback, you have to go ride around for like two weeks, three weeks. And then you come back and yeah. be like, hey, look, the, the front bike was kind of, you know, loose. And after the second week, uh, the chains started becoming squeaky. And, yeah. and the seat, whenever we go over dirt, it's a bit too stiff. And then I take the bike back. I make these adjustments and then give them back to you. And then you go out for three weeks and be like, yeah, man, pretty cool. But it slowly starts yeah. drifting left. If well, I, ultimately uh, what matters is, is his life has not changed yet. His life yes. will be changed when he when he's actually consistent and he does this over the course of a year, two, three, four years. Bingo, right? bingo, bingo, yeah. bingo. Yeah. So yeah. it's an exciting time, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to share throughout. But it's it's very slow and steady, and um, that's great. Yeah. Until it's not, and then it's just like boom. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear how this progresses for you, and I and I really appreciated you kind of opening up and sharing about how you did have the FOMO, right? You had the fear of missing out. Oh, 100. And, yeah, that uh, was actually like very scary because I was like, yeah. I just imagine the world where just John and I would be on the phone like at the end of every day and be like, man, I just booked 10K and then I'll be like, oh no. And the next morning, I'll yeah, yeah, chug yeah, yeah. three coffees and be like, all right, we're going to go for six hours of canvassing. We gotta catch I, quite, I, I, I kind of yeah, missed that. Yeah. I I, um, I had that relationship with uh, Alec, uh, who is like the guy that was above me on the leaderboards um, years back. And that was always how it was. We were just like cutthroat against one another, always trying to book more and yeah, well, that's it's, it's, fun. it's funny because like I I had that relationship with Amr for like a good year, and then as his goals shifted more towards like just scalability, and mine shifted more towards like maintaining a solid nest egg of of revenue and coaching other people at the same time, um, like wh- while in school, like it was just it, it was great to see Amr shift over to like scaling his goals more towards doing like five hundred as opposed to three, but like in that first year, Amr, when we were both you know twenty eighteen. Um, that, like, dude, I've told you this many times. I hated you. Like, you would call me and you'd be like, you'd be like, "Yo, bro, like, what's up? Uh, what, what, what did you do this week? Like, you booked, uh, you booked 10k. Like, what's, what'd you do?" And I'm like, "What do you mean, what did I do?" And I would always try to like make, make what I did sound a lot more complicated than it was. And you were like, "No, no, no," but like, what'd you say? Like, I was like, "Well, I can't just like say what I said." And you're like, "No, no, yeah, you can. Like, you just, just say what you said, and like that way, I'll go do it." And I was like, "Okay, man, whatever." And then in the next two weeks, you went and booked like 60k and passed me, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy, man? Like, where is he?" Dude, there's like, one thing he- you said. I was like, I remember the street <laughs> where I was sitting, and I was like, "Austin, how are you booking so much?" Like, I was like 18th place. He was number yeah. one, and he was like, "Look, as a, as a new business, your first 30 grand is tax free." So they're saving 13% and a 10% off, which is 23%, which is basically 25%. So for every four walls that you'll paint, you'll paint one for free. And I was like, yo, that's genius. And I used that same yeah, line. I, I, unfortunately, I was only ever able to use that when my business started, right? Because like the Canadian government gives you a 30K tax break on sales tax. So you don't need to submit your first whatever 14.975% of 30k is to to the revenue yeah. to revenue Quebec or 13% in Ontario. So, uh I remember using that on the phone and it was like, "Hey, your house got four sides?" Yep. Okay. One of them's getting done for free if you sign on Saturday. And they're like, yeah. "Hmm." Okay. But what it, what that uh, did like, to me is yeah. it was like this positive feedback loop. It's like I had these this belief that I was now a good salesman. So that made me take more bolder yes. consistent action. Which yeah, then yeah. got me results, which was like made me even more confident in my sales, and it was a positive feedback loop that you yeah. started. So yeah, thank and, you. And, and it's it's funny how <laughs> well, you're yeah, and, and you're welcome. And and the the thing that I would share just an addendum to that is like, 
with Chris, I remember me telling Chris Thompson, like I was doing well off of the first week, like the, the head coach called me and he was like, Hey Austin, like congrats on a good week. And I was like, thanks Chris. And he's like, yeah, I know you had a good sales week. Like how'd that go for you? I know you're like starting early out in sales. Like how's your sales experience going so far? And I was like, well, Chris, you know, I just try not to be a salesman. And I was just being a, a kind of a prick. And, and he was just like, Austin, I'm just going to stop you there. That is being a salesman. Like, it's just like if you if you label a salesman being like that, like pushy, arrogant, doesn't listen to type of people type of guy and you want to be more like conservative, more caring, make sure you your clients really feel a connection for you before you ask for any contract or any money. That's just your sales style. Like you're still a salesman. Don't don't try to opt out of that label. And I was like, hmm interesting like that that's a very good takeaway and then and then a couple weeks after we spoke about that and um and i remember you saying too like when we were talking in 2018 we were like i think you said i think we've mentioned this possibly before but you were like austin you're sold at like you know whatever it was let's say like fifty thousand in sales and i was like yeah but it doesn't mean anything and you're like what do you mean it doesn't mean anything uh, you know i think you were at like 13k or 14k or something this was before you just like nuked me and, and that and by the way when you passed me in like march or whatever you you did like all those sales in two weeks i literally never caught you again for like two years oh shit right like and that and so that's what really stuck with me too is like that one phone call like you passed me and then you did 225 and I did 160 and then in our vet years I did 340 and you did 500. So like I think there may have been like a week where like I entered my stats earlier and then you just dropped like so like on the leaderboards I was ahead of you for like five hours <laughs> and then you and Ben would log on and just like drop the like the uh, an atom bomb on, on Simon. But yeah, anyway, um, but what, what I said in that call, which I think correct me if I'm wrong, let me know if this um, jogs your memory at all. But you were like, how, like you're booked it so much, and I was like, no, I'm not. Like it doesn't mean anything. And you're like, what do you mean it doesn't mean anything? I was like, dude, it's we're in February and it's all deposits. Like I have 60k worth of work, but all I have is fifteen thousand dollars in my in my business account that's deposits that legally doesn't exist until I produce the work. So like a deposit isn't actual money. It's just a, a form of a commitment for somebody to get work done. And you were like oh or sorry i don't know what you said and then and i was like yeah like the work the money doesn't mean anything until you produce it like the sales don't mean shit if you don't have any painters or if you don't have any production systems or if you're not good at production and then i don't know if that's what made you go and hire uh, your 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 savage production manager that year but i don't know anyway mm -hmm. uh like that was just an interesting phone call and that was like fuck like march 2018 so like almost two and a half years ago now so crazy yeah no um i was just just thinking right now with the john's announcement um it's so funny how our our roads have matured they haven't changed mm -hmm. they just matured so now john yeah. is going uh he's also thinking big he burned his bridges you know he's going it's going on burn he burned the ships so to say and now you're in a more senior position within you know coaching other people it's just really exciting to see so yeah there's i don't know about you guys but there's like uh, even i was just in bed with my girlfriend like a couple nights ago and it was just sort of weird to even just like reflect on the fact that i'm just like sleeping next to her like we have our own place 
Like we like we're just independent. Mm. We're just like we just live our lives without our parents yeah. anymore. We're just like we're adults. Like I like I know. Like I had that same feeling, John, recently. Like I just uh I decided not to buy a place this year merely because of like dude, I don't know what I don't know if the real estate market is what's like in Kelowna and Etobicoke, but uh but it's uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry but like pricing's going way up just because there's a shortage of supply so i just decided to sit on it for a bit so i just went and rented in a like a newer apartment for a year and um like just moving in with it'll be the first time that like miranda and i have lived alone like just uh, like and and just having like you said john just kind of clicking like oh like completely independent you kind of like check yourself you're like wow this is happening and like you know we're not we're still pretty young and it's just like an absolute privilege to be able to do that. So I, I totally get what you're saying there. It's, it's a similar, similar feeling. It feels great. Yeah. I, I, well, I was saying to Trisha too, like it's going to be really like, it's going to be really weird one day. Like when I'm rich, like genuinely rich, it's going to be probably like a really weird feeling. Cause like, I, I still feel like a child mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like I, I don't like, like I've, like I've grown, like I'm taller, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I certainly have more knowledge and, I'm just doing bigger things, but it's sort of, I don't know, like maybe because things happen so quickly, but it like, it was only like a couple, like it was only just a handful of years ago that I was working the night shift at Wendy's and smoking. Like, dude, I used to get off at, at, uh, at, at 2 AM and we would, we, I would, my, my buddy Sean and I would, would close the Wendy's. And, uh, then my other buddy, we'd go pick him up on the way and we would bomb over Dilworth, which is like a mountain in Kelowna. We drive so fast, and uh, th- there's a steep hill in Dilworth, so like his his like 1992 Ford Tempo would get up over 100 going down this hill, <laughs> and uh, we'd get we'd get to uh, North Glenmore Elementary, and we would smoke bong chops, right, and play grounders until about five or six o'clock in the morning, and then I would sleep in until about noon. We might go to the beach for a little bit and then head off to work. And then we would work the night shift. That's what I did like every day during the summer. And I just. That's insane, man. I wish, I wish I could have talked to John that year. Yeah, man. Like I used to like, I, I had a, I had a mullet and. You had a mullet? I had, I had possibly. John, you got to dig I, uh, up a photo, my friend. This is going to uh, yeah, break. This it. is going on the Instagram immediately. But it was just a, it was just a wild summer, though. Like even just looking back at it, like it was just so you know so crazy. But it was only a handful of years ago that like that was like that that's what I was doing, and like I had no freedom, right? Like just no freedom. Like I was living with my aunt at the time, and uh, you know it was just a horrible experience that way. But but even just like reflecting back, even just a few years ago, like um, like in my first year of student works, like when I was like just sleeping in this like storage unit in this like fucking just so cold. I got a sleeping bag and it's just terrible. I have literally no money. Like, how long did you sleep in that storage unit? Like four months, three months. What months were they? January, February, March, and I want to say April. I might have moved in. I I moved in with my one roommate, Carson, either April or May. Dude, how'd you sleep through that in January? Your face must have been frozen. Dude, it was cold. It was cold, man. There was a heater in like the corner of the room. Oh, there's an outlet in the storage unit. It's in this guy's basement. Oh. It was like a. It was like a, it was like a heritage house. It was like a 1960s basement, 1940s, maybe 1950s. 
all concrete, uh, like up to the ceilings. Who's this? Uh, is this your mentor? No, it's my stepdad. Oh, it's your stepdad. Oh, cool. He lived upstairs. And wow. uh, I, 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 where the, the reason there was a story, like there was like used furniture there, but there was also like um, like a parachute. I always thought that was super weird. There's like a parachute on the wall. Yeah. Fly high, but, but, John. That's why. But point being, though, it's just it's so trippy now to like even just like think like, wow, like like I just like even the smallest things get me all tripped up. Like I like I don't like I don't need like that much. But even just like like uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, like I woke up and I just walked down to Starbucks and I walked home and that was like the most glorious thing because it just it just felt so free. Like I just felt like I was able to just go do what I wanted to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. That's why everybody who's listening listens. It's because we're entrepreneurs, man. But it seems like I won't, I don't know about you guys, but like, it seems like, like, I understand like, you know, there's like all the desires of like, you know, luxury things and whatnot, but it seems like it's not really necessary uh, in, in so many ways. Like, it seems like I, I, I can find just such joy yeah. in the simplest you know of things. You know what, John? I had that, I had that thought the other day because on Friday morning, uh, I just had like a very good day. I just had everything ran perfectly smoothly and I had a client email me and they were just like out of, for no reason, just emailed me saying how happy they were. And then just everything went as planned, played a great round of golf with my friends, went and, you know, watched some playoff hockey with them afterwards. And it was just an all in all amazing day. And I thought to myself, like, why? What more? yeah what more for sure what more because that's like probably the best day i could have designed if if i woke up that morning and said hey what's my day going to look like that would be the best possible case it just happened which is great but if you break it down it's like you know amory you said this is what we this is why we do what we do why is it that you know because i realistically could have that and not work as much as i do no, no, but see, but hold on, but that's but that's the paradox there, that's right? The that's trap. the that's the trap because because you have to remember, like, the, um, it's like motion is the essence of or is the foundation of stillness, right? I think the reason why I'm able to appreciate all of these things so much is because I work so hard to have them within peace. Yeah. Yeah, and so you train yourself to operate peacefully. I feel like and, I have small gins of it. Yeah. Like um, or stints of it. Um, like I. Another thing that Trisha and I sort of talked about, like uh, we, we woke up a couple weekends ago and and I, I, didn't, I didn't have to be anywhere that morning or anything like that. It was just like a morning where I could just sort of lay with her for a minute. And I just like remember thinking, and I just looked at her and I said, just, can you, like I said, I'm like, can you just imagine when we're like when I'm 30 and I'm retired and we can just do this every morning. Like I don't ever have to leave. Like I can just be here with you. Like that would be like just like the ultimate. Like that's like, but like that's so motivating to me to like to get to that point where when I wake up in the morning, I can like, like roll over and hug her. And there's nothing else in my life that's going to pull me away from that unless I want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's the same reason why, you know, a cup of water tastes tastes better after you work out and it tastes even better after a half marathon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, like yeah. I had when yeah. I had dried mangoes after my uh, 50k this year, I was it's like heaven. Psh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that I think that uh, 
working hard for things i think that uh, makes it yeah definitely makes I, yeah it, I, it, I, actually you know i'm glad you said that john because it kind of makes me reflect a bit too on the idea that uh i was actually having this this uh talk with my mom yesterday i had dinner with my mom and uh she was she was saying like i was downstairs in the basement like beautiful like in 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 wakefield yesterday it was like a beautiful crisp like 25 degrees no humidity sun was shining they she lives on the river i was there with her and like she was like why don't you come i was like making calls organizing the next week just making sure everything was set to run smoothly and calling a few clients to try to set up a few estimates for booking interior jobs for the winter and and then following up with a few applicants from indeed and all that stuff and she's just like she just kind of said like Austin, like what the fuck are you doing? Like just, like just, just, just like it's a Saturday night, like or it's a Saturday. It wasn't a night. It was like Saturday, at like three. And she's like, come out, you know, just like let's go for like kayaking or something. And I was just like, I was like, mom, like this is kind of what you did to me in a sense, right? Like this is, you know, when 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 you were a single mom with two kids under twelve and worked three jobs and was in like a, just to stay at zero, like paying off a bunch of debt, it was like that's kind of how Katie and I are now, right? Like, you know, like my sister is very different than me, but she's under 20 years old and has like a full-time job in a, in a field that's very hard to find a, a full-time job that's a permanent position in, in early childhood care, right? Like every, you know, how many, how many people do you know that graduate high school and go into early childhood care and development and then obviously can't find like a full-time gig that just pays well and is like a, a like a prestigious school board and stuff. So she just knows how to market herself really well. And like, we definitely learned that from my mom. And I was like, mom, like you totally just did this to yourself, right? Like you don't get to, and, and it's a good thing. Like, you know, she's like, yeah, you know what? And, and, and she had this really big realization cause we talked about it like at length, uh, at dinner. And she was like saying that, you know, she's like, you know, Austin, to a certain extent, it's funny that you say that. Cause I felt really bad when I was, you know, like I felt almost guilty as your mom raising you guys. Right. Cause I knew that it wasn't like the best possible situation for you guys. And it wasn't the best possible thing. And I was like, yeah, mom, but think about like, you kind of incurred all the shit then. And now Katie and I are pretty well put together human beings that can go be pretty independent for the rest of our lives. Maybe mm. you'd still be dealing with me as like a, a shithead 23 year old son. That's like, mom you didn't fucking buy like doritos this week like you know i don't know like it's just like maybe that mom, would the be internet's if, slow yeah <laughs> literally though mom the internet's slow. get a new wi-fi modem Jeez, i'm trying to do my podcast okay well here's a question how are you gonna raise your kids i mean um if i was to bet money i would bet that you both would be successful how are you gonna raise your kids how are you gonna have them turn out kind of like you without throwing them in a it's storage a good question because i don't think either of us are equivalent or I, I don't think any of us are prepared yeah i don't think any of us are prepared to answer that question because i kind of have an inferiority complex with with my life right like with with how i came up right so like Inf I'm, inferiority I'm, complex yeah like not in a bad way not like oh i'm trying to like just be bigger than everybody it's just well, like, I, I, have I, I didn't say good or prove. bad i just yeah, like it's it's inferiority, meaning um, like, you know, you have this thing that you're constantly trying to prove. Right. And so and so I saw like my my mom really just fucking work every single option she got to because she just tried. She was just trying to accumulate as much money as possible. But it was to get back to zero, whereas I'm trying to just move as far away in the positive direction from zero. Um, and it's those types of habits that I kind of adopted from her. However... Um, I think that the 
the biggest thing there is for for us like we're not really prepared to answer that um because all of us have kind of had a unique upbringing in the sense but not one that was positive like none of us came have from you any met anyone have you met anyone that didn't have a unique upbringing no, sorry, yeah, I shouldn't say unique because everybody's. You're totally right. Everybody has a unique upbringing. In well, it seems eyes. like everyone, like, like, like we're all just little narcissists, right? Yes. Like yeah, we all sure. we all think that like our childhood was special, and we all think that we all have a know, mask. Yeah, we all think that we. Yeah, we all. Well, we we all have this story <laughs> that we tell ourselves tell ourselves about how everyone else is living their life like one way but dude here's why mine is a little bit different right like here's why i'm like extra special right here's why like i well so john i guess my story where i was going with that is merely and i totally agree with you but the path i was trying to go there was you know we don't necessarily get to say how do we make our kids uh if for example we have some form of resource to not come at life from the view of scarcity like our parents did well austin i'm sure i'm sure you i mean i agree with you on the tactic side like i don't know if you and i are prepared to answer tactic questions as far as parenting but certainly the strategy would be to instill the positive traits within ourselves and to make them aware of the negative traits that are in us and try and cultivate those into strengths for our children. Mm-hmm. Right. I just want my, I, I mean, I would try and instill proper values into my children's lives. And as far as the tactics of that, you know, who knows? I remember reading somewhere, uh, it followed like immigrants and their wealth and their risk avertness. And as you drop generations, they're less risk averse and uh, not as not as wealthy. So it's like this uh, complacency that sets over. That makes sense. So I find that pretty interesting. But yeah, who knows, man? That's the cool thing about this uh, the, about this uh, podcast is we can document our journey. So in, in, you know, in three years, yeah. we can just pop open yeah, episode true. 13 it's just all there yeah yeah yo guys we're almost coming up on a year and we, we did our first i don't know if you guys knew this but we didn't release our first month of episodes we've 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 admitted to that our first episode we released was in october but we the first ever episode i have it here in my calendar september 3rd 2019 was the first really? time we actually tried to sit down and record a zoom podcast yeah and and uh, and we only released one that I think we may have recorded like on September 27th, may have been like the first one that we eventually released in, in October. Because you have to remember too, like in, our, in, in in before Christmas last year, we were we were operating four episodes ahead. Remember that? That's so yeah, weird. we were. We had like a month of 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 um, buffer. I hate how we were so afraid of us being unaccountable when realistically we could re- we could release this tomorrow. Like we could be the night ahead, you know. Like we can. Like we could, um, we're, we're sorry, all- I have to. I have to just comment on this. This is kind of like bringing up the whole like how like we're, like our 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 present self is just our future self's past idiot. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so last year, this week, I was at four hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars in sales. Yeah. And I just thought I was king shit, right? Like yeah. doing so well and just thought I just figured it all out, right? You know what's really trippy? 
What's up? Like nothing ever changes. Like you always just think that you're at the top. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but well, yeah, like every time, yeah, you know, another year passes, I'm probably gonna be like, wow, right? Like, I don't, like I, a year I, I from now, the case it'll be interesting though. to hear, like, reflect on this conversation right now, right? I don't think that's the case for everybody. No, you don't think so? Well, I don't think everybody thinks they're always at the top. No, I, I think that a lot of people think that they're always at the bottom. Mm, I think what John meant by that, not like literally the top, it's like they're making the best decisions right now. Yeah, because John, I would actually no, say but even, that for, no, but even the, but even losers think that they just realized what was wrong, right? Like, I mean, dude, I remember like hanging out with like like you know my old pals, and like it was always like they'd be like they'd be like um, I finally now realize where I was going wrong. It was this, <laughs> right? And then a year and later, it's never it's the like, case. Yeah, it's never the case, right? I mean, to think that like I have it all figured out, and like it's like we never actually have it figured out. Right. I see what you mean there. Yeah. I completely yeah, yeah, agree yeah. with that. I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about your position within the hierarchy. I just, mean yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I, okay. I just mean like our ego in the present always makes us believe that like we've, okay, we finally got it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. It's like, it's well, like the weeds uh, always getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The weed after that Wendy shift is always getting stronger. That's it. Um, do you want to jump into whack versus wisdom here? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, Do you have a video loaded up here, Emma, or can you? Okay. All right. Let's. Uh... I'll try and, and pull it up here, but my uh, my computer it's not okay. really not really performing, unfortunately. So. Hey, listeners! Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Weekly Call. We just have a quick yet very important message for all of you. The three of us are currently actively in pursuit to find young, ambitious, and like-minded people that are interested in business management and business ownership roles. Roles that three to five years ago put Austin, Ammer, and John in a place where they could learn, grow, and optimize their discipline and habits. These positions are available all across Canada, so it doesn't matter if you're in Victoria, British Columbia, or St. John's, Newfoundland. There is an opportunity where you are located. If you are interested in working directly with Amher, Austin, and John and learning what it takes to run an efficient and scalable business, please drop us a line at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com, all one word, for more information. Now back to this episode of The Weekly Call. Maybe you can let me take over this because you also did, um, yeah, you already did um, a, uh, well, we had a few people that, wrote in to say that they wanted them to be challenged with like some more intellectual rap lyrics. Okay. You you want to take over with the second, pull up the video. Yeah. I, I cannot do, I cannot do any sort of navigation. Okay. I, I will not click any more buttons or else my computer will. Okay. Self-destruct. Okay. One I have a perfect song, which is like, Oh yeah, okay. But it's an it's an unfair song because it's the most grotesque rap lyrics. It's Juicy J, <laughs> and it's bands okay, bands that make her dance. But I'm not gonna play. Right, right. Uh, anyway, are you picking an intellectual uh, song? Not like I I think we're a bit, we got we got caught with our pants down here. We're a little bit unprepared. No, um, I, I, do you want to find? I know the song. It's just go, go bands and make her dance by Juicy J and, oh, yeah. and skip to 40 <laughs> seconds in. I think you'll love it. Go to Spotify and, and go to 40 seconds. Okay. 
Like, all right, I'll go like 35 seconds, 35 seconds, just to be shaking. Okay, I'm just going to screen. I'm totally prepared. I just can't pull it up. And then you can pull up the lyrics and you can share screen so John right. can read them. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So we got uh, Bantamic featuring Lil Wayne by Juicy J. Go to 35 seconds, 35 seconds. Yeah, 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 this is good. Clap, All these pussy. I'm just popping bang. Bands are make a day. Here we go. Bands are make a Juicy J's gonna come in. Clap, let's get it. And they using hands. Show her like me alone. Loose one, she don't need a loan. She start when she hear a song. Strip up on her income. Gone. At the KOD, she leave with me. She got friends. Bring three. I got drugs. I got drink. No, you missed the best part. Have your uh, your excerpt ready to turn on? Okay, okay, scroll. You missed the best part. John has to read the best part. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I like this for me. Okay, okay. From short hair, yeah, <laughs> and until uh, can't, yeah, yeah, right there. Okay, no, no, no. Okay. You have to can't, yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last line, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, John, go ahead. <laughs> short hair, like Nia Long. Loose ones, she don't need a loan. Start twerking when she hear her song. Stripper pull her income. We got trippy and then some. So nasty when she rolling. She put that ass up in my hands. I wrote I wrote remote control it. Yahoo. She gave me dome when the roof gone. At the KOD, she leave with me. She got friends, bring three. I got drugs. I got drinks. Bend it over. Juicy J gonna poke it like wet paint. You say no to ratchet pussy, Juicy J can't. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you the amount of times I've listened to this song. It's actually like disturbing. Much I actually like this song, but oh, you say no to ratchet there's pussy. There's a certain, Juicy there's a certain tone. There's a certain tone when John's reading rap lyrics. It's just so, like, it it, it just, it's like highlighting the the absurdity so well it's just like so it sounds like he's reading like a really bad poem that he's like trying to roast it's just like once again i really want to just emphasize it's really not my skill set in reading these songs that make them sound bad (laughs) it really is just the songs (laughs) okay john hit us up what's option d what's the wisdom we heard the whack what's the wisdom this is book 12, paragraph 4 of Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. It never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> this is so perfect. We all love ourselves more than other people, but care more about their opinion than our own. If a god appeared us, or a wise human being even, and prohibited us, from concealing our thoughts or ima- imagining anything without immediately shouting it out, we wouldn't make it through a single day. <laughs> That's how much we value other people's opinions instead of our own. Wow. 
Wow, what a polarizing contradiction that is. Wow. We we love ourselves so much. That's we're insane. such narcissists. How much do you think Juicy J loves himself when he says? Is that interesting though? Really think about that though. No, I know it's 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 crazy. Like we're such narcissists, we won't listen to anyone else when it comes to like like for example like even on this podcast, it's, it's fascinating to like see like someone not want to like hear like they just they're just focused on talking, right? They don't want to hear anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to tell their story. They don't want to ask any questions. But then, but then they value yeah, everyone else's opinion. There it is. It's 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 like the it's the it's the uh, it's the trouble of ego. It's the trouble of narcissism, right? You only want to listen to yourself when you're speaking externally, and you only want to listen to other people's when you're speaking internally. Yeah, that's amazing. But people wonder why that they don't get ahead in life. It's like because you're you're not listening. No one's learning from one another. Right, they're just speaking their bullshit, and then they get judged, and then they speak bullshit that they haven't even heard before into their own heads. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. God. That's a, a polarizing damn. contradiction. God damn! John. If we loved ourselves truly, we wouldn't do that. We would try and be more empathetic. We would try and listen to more people. We would try and ask more questions. Right? And then we would also value other people's opinions. But ultimately, value our own more. I think to a certain extent, that's a little little bit is what's going on with Juicy J here. he, He values his own as well. I mean, he More. talks to her about himself in the third person. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but come on, John. Do you, do you at least respect the no censorship that a lot of these rappers have? They just say it how it is. They might not be living the ideal style, but they own it. Don't you think that's a bit admirable? I don't know. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely one of those things where... I think it's very easy to envy them because there's a certain type of entrepreneur that has created a item that is just unanimously desirable, okay? And these these entrepreneurs have designed this product and these these people live these lives, again, touting this lifestyle that everyone wants to live. And it's easy to get envious. Oh, he has the car. He has, he has ass up in his hands, right? But I think that the... <laughs> I think that if you were to just dig a couple layers deep, I think that you would quickly realize that you would much more want to um, assimilate yourself or emulate Marcus Aurelius and not Juicy J. Mm. Right? We need more people listening to people like Marcus Aurelius. We need less people listening to Juicy J. Right? We need less people envying and, 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 and trying to desire Lambos and we need more people trying to desire to seek truth, right? Did I talk people. about, in the last episode, did I, did I mention um, first, second, and third order consequences? You did, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think that's because, I just wanna bring that back because it's so easy to just remember what's happening now versus what's gonna happen, you know, seven months down the line. Yeah. 
And you know, getting dome with the roof gone sounds way better <laughs> than meditating for 30 minutes. Well, of course, because the first order consequence of listening to this rap music is that you feel fired up. I mean, look at I'm just like anyone else. If you put on Juicy J, I'm like, you know, doing the whole, you know, whatever the dancing thing, right? Like I'm getting fired up as well, right? Like I listen to like I listen to like one post Malone song and all of a sudden I wanna, you know, go buy a Jaguar and burn it out on the road yeah. and start, you know, lighting a uh, a blunt, right? And I wanna wear like gold chains and like red sneakers. <laughs> Drink eighty seven Bud Lights. Yeah, right. I mean like I, I get it, right? That's the first what order if we, consequence. What, what if we play this song? The second order consequence is that no, you no, get no left more songs, behind. No more songs. <laughs> no more it's John, songs. No more songs. It's John's tune, though, man. Like, it's his... The second order consequence to to listening to these songs is that you get left behind. Okay? The third order consequence is when I'm retired at 30 and you still think you're cool, you're really not going to feel cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's you're still driving. You're, you're still driving the same used BMW 3 Series, right? It's now it's it's just a, it's depreciated, right? And John's living off that driving the Kelowna economy. You can't literally. you can't take Juicy J lyrics and bring it to the bank, right? What you can do though is you can take Marcus Aurelius's meditations. You can improve yourself, and believe me, you'll start cashing larger checks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's great. I, I think that's a really authentic, like, comparison, if you're being real about it. I just have a hard time believing that people are going to get get to where they want in life by listening to those. It's it's it, it's essentially like a, it's like a it's basically a drug, really. It is pretty addictive, yeah. It's trance. Because you feel so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin, you ready for some academics? You want to enlighten us? Yeah, so actually I'm going to change it up a bit this week. Uh, academics with Austin is going to be a bit of a different format. I'm not going to share a finding. Uh, I'm going to have a lot more of that in the fall, actually. So I figured um, until this point, I think for the next couple of weeks, or, or sorry, until the point where we actually gear up again for the semester, I know Concordia starts class on the 8th of September because Labor Day is late this year. going to be doing some more tips and tricks for how to stay effective as a student working remotely during COVID. So if anybody, I'm assuming that if you're a listener to this podcast and you are enrolled in some form of schooling, that your goal is to just do the best you can, get the best GPA, get great marks in all your classes, get everything there is to get out of your classes. And uh, I think that's why the next month or so is going to be kind of useful. Um, so I might mix in a few things I come across for findings, but I mean, we've already delved into that a little bit so far. And, and I've actually had people reach out to, um, to ask for the articles that I've shared about. So thanks for that. And I will be sending those out this week. So, uh, please don't be afraid to, to message me for those again, because they are really good reads. What I wanted to share about is really that, you know, as a student, especially as a grad student, like you know, when, when I hear I'm online for the, for the semester and, and likely the whole year, realistically, um, like the turnaround period to go back into in-person classes from December to January, I think is going to be too short and they're going to want a larger turnaround period to reintegrate everything back to normal over the summer again. That's kind of how I see things happening and I could definitely be wrong, but 
um, as a grad student, I got a little bit worried, <clears throat> right? Because this is the second year in a two-year program. And the second year of the two-year program of this master's degree is highly, highly tilted towards uh, research and in-person interaction. So I was kind of like, how the hell is this going to work, you know? And what I've realized is the school has not only been great for planning and strategically laying out the year, however, I'm going to focus more on how to stay busy as an individual and how to like stay effective as an individual because, you know, I'm moving into an apartment. I'm going to have like be able to work at my desk and, and, and get all this stuff done. That's great. But how do I actually like stay, not only stay effective and efficient, but get, you know, use it as a boost. Like you have, you don't have to commute anymore. And the fact that you're in your own place of living house apartment and you don't have to travel to and from school you know, I used to travel to and from school like 30, 45 minutes a day. Like I have that extra time in my day now. And for the three of us, I know we'd all like to have an extra 30, 45 minutes a day. Right. And I, we have that now. And so it kind of goes hmm. back to what John was saying in his, um, in his, uh, like peak COVID quote was like, where are your excuses now? <laughs> I love that quote. Um, so as somebody that's in like, somewhat of a specialized program and, and I and I, I get that you know most programs are specialized in some way shape or form it doesn't matter if you're in finance and you want to go into you know or, or you're or you want to go into actuary mathematics or accounting or, or philosophy or history or psychology whatever it is there are people especially in your courses and in your classes that you know likely from from years past or like just people that you know from your program maybe with the exception of like incoming students and uh, and I think that what I'm starting to do this week is starting to build like an accountability group of people that I know from my master's program that all need to get a ton of stuff done before Christmas. And we're all doing it from different areas. Like, you know, there, there's a there's a person I'm going to try to connect with and, and I know her well. And I think that it wouldn't be a problem. But like she's she's now back living in China, like going to going to start like creating like an accountability group with her. Or maybe a few other students to like try and stay on track for getting our thesis done because the thing with uh this one year is that you know with grad students it's kind of like you get your thesis done when you get your thesis done and then you just defend it and then you graduate so you know i could i could be done my degree in, in april if i wanted to right or i could be done it in august it's really up to me for for next year right so i want to create like an accountability structure for myself to go out and get it done as soon as i possibly can and I feel like the only way I can go do that is drum roll, please. Someone drum roll. Give me a bit of a drum roll. Oh, don't the worst search the audio. Yeah. <laughs> Were you searching an audio clip for a drum roll? Uh, is to create my own weekly call. So uh, that bit of bit on brand material. Um, but I mean, the the reality of John, the we're gonna sue him. <laughs> the reality of the situation is that I'm not going to be able to go accomplish the things I want to accomplish if I'm not held accountable. And and that's I know that for myself and I think that's the likelihood for a lot of people here. It doesn't matter Do you think what that's what the physical university does for a lot of people? Yeah, I think it does too cuz like when you go to class every week and you're sitting next to people in class that are getting slightly better marks than you, it's like, you know, that there's some accountability and it plays into your ego a little bit for sure. But I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I've been able to do well with my business the past two years is because of the two guys sitting here with me, and we've said that many times. Uh, but also, I need to go try to replicate that now that it's done from a remote standpoint. 
I would highly, highly encourage people, everybody listening to this podcast, to just go and find three like-minded people that you get along with that are in your field of study. It doesn't even have to really be in your field of study, by the way. It could just be in the fact that they're attending school in some way, shape, or form. And just go create like a time where you guys can talk. It doesn't matter if it's like for 15 minutes every week. Just connect every week. Talk about how, you know, hey, how are you finding like <clears throat> submitting online video presentations? Like, how's that going for you? Oh, what did you get on that on that presentation that you had to submit remotely? Like, how did you get a better grade there? And how did you do that? And how do you stay busy? How do you get all your work done when you're working at home? Oh, I just can't work from home. All these, you know, I just want everybody to realize Everybody you talk to that's going to, if it's a university student, all these excuses I just named off, they're going to come up. Working from home sucks. I can't focus at home. My dog's bothering me. I can't get, like, it's just all this shit that's just, like, going to stand in the way of you doing really well during school this year. And I just would highly encourage you to go create a network that gets around that bullshit. John, you have a hand up there. It sounds like almost what you're saying is find yourself genuine friends. Because, like, there's no. almost a certain aspect of this of, like, there's almost I, a certain aspect of this. Like, you want to... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. What did I mean by genuine friends? They just have your best interests in mind. Yeah, like, do you not want to... It's almost like, like, you have to artificially create that, right? Because if, 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 if their current friends they're going to the bar with and drinking with were already doing this, this wouldn't be a need that would be need to be filled. Ultimately, yeah. you're having to create a weekly call because your other friends are too concerned about <laughs> about listening to Juicy J rather than talking about how they're going to do better yeah. on the next test. Yeah, I think that I'm somebody, though, that benefits from the dichotomy of both. Like I've said many times on this podcast, like my friends and I don't really focus. I mean, we definitely help each other out when we can and we're all for each other's you know, improvement. But like all we really do is just hang out and enjoy each other's company. And I'm not going to leave it up to those guys to like, help me stay on track with school like that's you know that that's just an unreasonable expectation like i i don't think that that's what they do for me and that's not what i do for them you know yeah fair enough so, fair enough like like, like I, I i get what you're saying john and, and you know to a certain extent like i i found that in you guys so that that's kind of my my that box is checked for me which is great and i and i know though that like you can't be that version of me for academics for school right yeah fair enough so i just want to go find people that are in my exact path you know, who else is in this master's degree that's doing it remotely? You know, maybe I don't know them yet. You know, and, and, and one of the things that I don't know <clears throat> if this is a Concordia exclusive thing, I imagine you can do it with all other online platforms for universities. Uh, Concordia uses Moodle, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, but they, um, <laughs> the, it's kind of like an online platform for your classes and stuff. Every university has it, but you can see the participants in your class. So even if you go on to like, you know, the overview academics participants, if you click on participants, it literally gives you like a drop down list of the names of the people that are in your class. And if you click on them, you can message them through the platform. You know, so at the very worst case, even if you're saying, but Austin, I don't know anyone. I don't know how to communicate with people or I, I can't even do it now because I can't see them in person. I, can't, I don't have the opportunity to go make those friends. I'm a first year student. I don't have those relationships already. Go send a thousand messages. Like, seriously. If Look you're at really Amber reached out to Austin. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and like, to you too. I just think it's going to be, I, I, I see this being a very big determinant on who does better this year in, in school because I really think that the biggest, here's my, here's my prediction, and maybe I'm wrong, okay? 
academics, would it be fair to say that for your guys' short term tenure, uh, in, in not short tenure, um, in your tenure of, of academia, university professors have a certain degree of ego to them? Well, everyone has ego, but yes. Okay, but like more so, like the academia ego. It's I know more than academics you. tend to be like yeah total snobs yeah for yes. sure. Yes. So let's let's pick let's put together the academia and, and you know love all my professors great people but they like, overcomplicate I, things they have to speak yes. in a way that makes them sound more sophisticated yeah. than the rest of us when in reality it's like they're just they're just overcomplicating so things. So if any of you are listening to this somehow uh, my professors that I do not endorse what John just said uh, but uh, yeah look But are you, you denying it? <laughs> Are you denying yeah, it, Austin? Okay, okay. So I'm no, no, I'm not denying position. it. Yeah, I'm not denying is, it. Are you going to give this guy his thesis? What are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so hold on. I'm um, I think that because university professors won't have the opportunity to go and bestow their way of being and their high intelligence on a, on a room full of people anymore, guess what's going to happen? What, how are they going to overcompensate that? How are they going to compensate that, I should say? They'd write a book? No. They're going to be the most savage graders you've ever seen. Savage who? Graders. They're going to be the most oh, savage graders, graders you've oh. ever seen. I think that this year is going to be the hardest academically, not because it's hard to get to school and hard to all this crap. It's going to be easy in that sense, but it's going to be really hard to find the discipline that you need to have to do really well in school because all your professors are going to be grading you with like a, with a sharper pen. Well, they're going to be more really objective. Because my strategy well, in sure. university was to develop relationships with my professors yes. and get well, them dude, to that's, like that's me. That's my strategy, and like it's not like I'm 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 bribing them, but it's like they definitely know me when they're reading my paper. Now they don't, and I, I, I'm the guy that like you know now that I'm in a specialized program, like all my professors have unique fields of research. Like you know I'm taking a course in in the fall that's about relationship marketing strategy. It's a it's a full 13 week seminar on relationship marketing strategies for small and large businesses. That's like my favorite topic ever in marketing. And I can't go build that relationship with like the one person in Canada that researches this from an academic so viewpoint that's funded by that's funded by the federal government. What's your advice to get around this this newfound problem? I, I really want to have the opportunity to like, you know, maybe in the first two weeks. And, and this is kind of stemming into the next because I kind of laid this out in the four weeks that I want to cover in, in academics with Austin. So I don't want to give away too much. Oh, OK, I, OK, I, OK, I OK. Planned out. But like the first step is weekly call, though. Weekly call, 100 percent. Go start building those relationships right now. Right. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that we're going to talk about you can do down the road to go and make sure that this semester is going to be very easy and, and high performing for you. And one of them is how to create those relationships with your professors and how to get around this new curriculum of no in-person exams and no in-person uh, assignments and like how to develop like kind of personalize your assignments to, to get really, you know, so I, I want to create that kind of like four week thing. So um, well, that sounds awesome. man. I think the first yeah. I think the first piece of advice basically get yeah. out there and build a network of people that you can rely upon and consult on how you can basically just build an 100%. accountability group. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can see the semester being either the easiest or the hardest anybody's ever had if they do or don't do any of these four things we're going to cover. So super excited for that. Uh, let's jump to accredited advice with Ammer. Dude, that was awesome. Because as I'm listening here, it's like, well, I'm kind of working from my dorm, so to say. I don't have to yeah, commute yeah, yeah. anywhere. Yeah, I have to yeah, build yeah. here. Yeah, so. you're right. It's the same thing with anything you're doing, right? It's just, you know, how do you discipline yourself more and keep that high efficiency? But yeah, go ahead. 
Okay, cool. So welcome to Amherst Accredited Advice. I will, uh, let me pull up my, my little thing here. So I will start with a, with half of a famous sentence. Two roads diverged in a wood. So if you were to ask me, what is that thing that separates the clients that I work with that end up being extremely successful and the clients that I work with that just bring out mediocre results? It comes down to the simple concept, and it's the divergence of two paths. So wherever you are in life, and even when, with myself, I find that there's always uh, a fork in the road, and there's always a decision that needs to be made. You know, you, you, get, you, you come back home, it's 9 p.m., you have to make a decision. Are you going to squeeze in that workout that you know you have to do, or are you going to just eat and go to bed? When you're running a business and the clock strikes 5 p.m. and you're not feeling good, are you going to go out and canvas, or are you going to go home and watch two episodes of your favorite Netflix show? So what I've realized is the most successful people that we've worked with are students that generate you know, a significant income and are able to turn their life around in a matter of weeks, literally weeks, have built this muscle where it doesn't matter if it's in their business or in their personal life, but they go towards uh, the, path, the path less taken, the road not traveled. And here's the full quote from Robert Frost. Two, di- two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. And so why did I mention and really highlight the, the, the part there that um, this doesn't just show up in business, this shows up in other areas? Because it's kind of like a, a habit within your mind. That decision that you make in your personal life, there's some parallel that's going to be drawn when it comes to your business. So how integrous and intentional you are with your workout routine, with your diet, is going to reflect to how intentional you are in your marketing and in your sales. Because, well, it's the same, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's just a same fork, just different context. So the fork that might happen with your diet is, hey, my friends have invited me out for, for you know, to go out and eat some food, should I just eat first and then just join them? Or should I not eat now and go out and join them? Similarly, your friends invite you out for some food and you're marketing, am I gonna market now and then go out or, or not? Same thing happens in, in sales. Well, oh, this guy's really giving me a tough time. I really have to objection handle him. Or I can just walk away and save the headache. Same thing happens in your personal life, you know, with your partner, with your parents, with your family. There's this situation, there's a conflict and you can either sit there and actually practice active listening and get it resolved, or you can just move on and just ignore it until it bubbles up. And so I wanna, if I can pull up my, my notes here. Should I have my speaker notes? I wanna talk about the role of resistance. So as you go through running a business and really developing yourself, Uh, you're going to come up against resistance. And most people believe that resistance is a bad thing when they face it. They believe that the right thing to do is to stop 
or to try something with less resistance or no resistance at all. So imagine this. You imagine going to the gym. And th this is literally how crazy pe some people are. So someone goes out and they're like, you know, I want to go out. I want to run a successful business. I want to make 100 grand a year. And then they, they, they make a phone call to a friend, right? They call somebody in a group or their accountability system. And they're like, hey, I'm thinking of starting my own business. And I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, selling some services and making 100 grand a year. And then the first person they speak to, they're like, no, that's a stupid idea. You should just give up. And then they hang the phone. And then the person who's thinking about making 100 grand a year is like, oh, my God, that was hard. Uh, he, he totally has a point. I shouldn't uh, start my business or I shouldn't go this big. I'm just going to stop. I'm, I'm going to quit right now. And so that's somebody facing resistance in the business world and then quitting. That's them taking the paved path, the easy yeah. path. Then you imagine if you went to the gym and you want to get fit and healthy, right? So you went to the gym and you laid down on the bench press machine and you put some weights on and then you pushed up and you're like, oh, oh my God, this thing's kind of heavy and it's kind of hard to lift. I shouldn't lift anything at all. So, but it's crazy because if you didn't lift anything and if you didn't come up against any resistance in the gym, you wouldn't grow. Well, guess what? The same applies in your business and your life. When you come up against resistance, it's not resistance which you can really touch or see with your eyes. It's not a material form of resistance. It's a mental form of resistance. But it's the same thing. Yeah. You're coming up against resistance and that resistance is helping you to grow and to become stronger and bigger person to grow life and business. So it's really important to understand this. When you're coming up against resistance and if you think this is hard, this is going to be a challenge, all of this is going to push me outside my comfort zone, that's a good thing. You need to learn to embrace resistance. When you come up against resistance, you want to train yourself to embrace it and take it as feedback as you're doing the right thing. So these days, whenever I try something and I come up against resistance, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is, this is probably it. This is going to be good. Because I'm trying to take some big action. The universe kind of kicks me in the face back and I'm like, it's on. Like, let's do this, baby. When, when John approached me and he was like, let's run a marathon. I, I faced tremendous amounts of resistance. And I was like, this is good. And so I remember I was, when I was back in university, I was at a, I was at a frat party. And I wanted to approach a, a very attractive girl. And there was all this resistance that came up. And, and my voice in my head was like, no, don't risk it. It's not worth it. You're going to embarrass yourself. It's not the right time. You're not dressed as you usually were dressed. And, you know, fast forward to when I was in my first year of running my trade business. And my mentor was telling me, go out and market. Go knock on doors. And guess what? That same voice came up saying the same things. Don't risk it. It's not worth it. You're going to embarrass yourself. This is not the right time. You're not dressed as you usually are. And so in these situations, I've learned that I'm going to keep pushing. Because sometimes when I feel that kickback, I know that it's the right thing to do. It's going to be a challenge. And it's going to really push me outside my comfort zone. I'm excited now. And if I get pushed back or I face resistance, it just makes me hungrier. I just turn to an absolute animal. And the task is going to get absolutely demolished. And it's really important that you adopt the same belief. Just like in a video game, you're choosing to play at a new level of life. This new level attracts resistance and growth. It's impossible to grow without facing this resistance. In a video game, you can't really advance from level one to level two and then expect level two to be just as easy as level one. So if you wanted to, you can just turn your whole uh, video game off and just start from scratch again. We don't want that. We're trying to get to level two, three, four. 
And when you do that, you're going to face resistance. So it's important, and this is actually a fact, to remember that a plane, an airplane, takes off against the wind, not with it. If you try to take off with the wind, you're going to be going pretty damn fast, and it's pretty hard to do. Pilots never recommend it. Planes take off into the wind. Remember that. Take the road less traveled. Well said, brother. Well said. Do you do you um do you like you wrote all that down and read off that? That was one slide off of one video that we give to our clients. Wow, that's crazy. That was one slide, yeah, out of wow. forty-five of one training out of twenty-five. There was that much text in one slide. Oh, you yeah. mean like a slideshow, though? No, it was one slide, and it was, it was all the speaker notes of that one slide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of juice in what we talk. <laughs> there's a lot of juice. I'm treating my course and my program as my life's work. Everything that I've ever learned in my life, I've documented and I'm in, I'm putting into this thing. That's crazy, man. And so all I'm doing in these little segments is I'll just grab one slide and, and share it. And this was one of my favorite. I'm still waiting on that test dummy opportunity for all this stuff because, uh, yeah, selfishly, I'd love to have it. <laughs> fair play but no thank you for the feedback i appreciate it yeah this is great um do we want to cover john's jargon this week or do we want to you already said it a little bit didn't you john no no john i want to i want to hear some john jargon i mean if you spoke about it yeah, you can elaborate go. a bit or you well, can tie it to what yeah, we talked about i always like to try and make mine more of a conversation as well so this is, this yeah. is fine we can kind of discuss it further so essentially uh what i wanted to talk about and what i had kind of read in this in this book which i have not shared yet okay um is in is that as humans, we sort of tend to focus so much more in the uh, in the moment, okay? Like the things that are uh, being brought to us right away. Now, I know that this is then this is slightly different, okay, than being present, okay. Being forced to just constantly be reacting to to the things that are being thrown at you, like so. For example, a client phones you and there's a client complaint, okay. That instantly is something that you try and react to, right? Like you're instantly just sucked into that world, right? And so what that does is if you're constantly in a world where the role that you have in your business or in your job or in your life is you're constantly just having one thing after another thrown at you, you never actually have time to think into the future. And that's how we as humans, okay, get heavily affected by black swan events. We're so focused on the immediate danger that's actually low probability and also low danger, and we're less, you know, aware of the things that are distant, but could have disastrous results. So, a good example of this would be someone who is um, absolutely worried about maybe what they're going to wear for the day but they're less concerned about the fact that they're 20 pounds overweight. Right? They look in the mirror and they see they're overweight. Okay, and they're like, oh my God, I need to wear clothes that are going to hide that. I need to, you know, see, you know post a, a, a revealing, you know, photo of maybe one of the assets that they do like about their body so I get more likes rather than addressing the long-term, the more distant problem, which is the fact that, hey, look at like, you know, if, if you continue living the lifestyle you're living now, you're going to like get diabetes kind of thing, right? <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on on long distance versus getting pulled to the immediate? 
I mean, I it's think- uh, it's not easy. It's unnatural because our brains. I actually did some research on this. The reason we love sitting on a couch is because your brain is is wired to conserve as much calories as possible. Yeah. You're never gonna know when when your next yes. calorie is gonna come. Yes. And so stress, anxiety, movement, communication, all that just depletes your natural. Um, but I'm not your, even necessarily meaning um, like motion and activity. Like I'm just, I mean, in general, right? I mean, but even like thinking that like it's so important to address that that like I guess this is almost a, a like a, a a priority list, right? Like. If you're so focused on fixing every single minor detail in the in the in the present moment, you're gonna get absolutely smashed by something in the future that you did not prepare yourself for. I mean, a classic example of this is retirement. Okay, retirement for most people is so off in the future that they just never think about it. Despite the best time to think about retirement being when you're 18, because if you start at a really young age for savings, we all know the 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 true effect of compounding, right? Mm. Right. There's a there's a very uh, famous case of a gas station worker who at age 22 set aside 20% of his paycheck for 40 years and by the time he retired he retired at, with 4.7 million dollars. Yeah, there's there's tons of examples of people like that, right? Whereas um, maybe someone's present problem is that they need to get a new shirt wherever, right? So they're just not focusing at all on the distance, right? They're, they're just looking right ahead, right? They're going to they're gonna maybe dodge a pothole here, there, like a mm-hmm. pothole here or there, but they're going to drive right off a fucking cliff. <laughs> Look far. Right? It's not, it's like, but, but, but so it's, it's one of those things where I think like almost like a bit of like uh, uh, something I was reflecting on is, is that it's almost like you need to just kind of harden up a little bit and realize that you are going to hit the odd bump here and there and you are going to have those odd Look things that far. go wrong but you definitely want to keep your perspective on the long term right because ultimately you are playing the long game and if you're continuously playing the short game you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get taken advantage of for sure yeah. especially if if i mean think about it. some of the largest industries in the world are taking advantage of the fact that people are thinking short term yeah. Most of the things that people indulge in are short are short term benefits, right? So like I mean, think about like selling candy, right? Skittles, their entire business model is is available only because people don't think long term. Coca-Cola, exact same thing. Cigarettes, exact same thing. Philip Morris, the largest tobacco company, their entire business model is built on the fact that human nature is to think only about the immediate and not about the distant. If everyone yeah, yeah, if yeah. everyone thought about the future, no one would smoke. Because the most present thing in your mind, if you're thinking about the future, is I'm gonna die of lung cancer. But in the present, you're stressed and you need to fix that, right? So I thought it was just fascinating reading that and just realizing that it's in our human nature to be to uh, to focus on the immediate dangers, which makes sense because if if you know if you're in a forest. You don't exactly need to think about whether or not you're going to be hungry in a month from now. You need to kill hey, John, a lion or you need to kill a deer now. You know what this sounds a lot like, John? Delayed discounting. There we go. 
Oh no 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 no! There no, we go. No, yes. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna go to the audio file and mute that. I'm just gonna censor it. I hate that. That no, but word just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, well, my fight or flight just Boston. kicked in. No, yeah, but it's interesting yeah. though because um, I had it's an evolved put behavior that together. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fascinating how it's uh, like the, the example they use in the book, which I thought was interesting, was like, um, like we focus on immediate dangers that are very unlikely, like a terrorist attack. Like it, they yeah. actually have a genuine a terrorist attack affect you. Okay. Is so unlikely, especially if you don't live in Toronto, LA, New York, like, you know, some of the big cities. It's so unlikely. Mm-hmm. However, Thanks, the, man. The, the problem we focus on that we don't focus on is like global warming, which is so yeah. distant, right? Like we're it's all okay, so Amber, worried you're in a about. Tobacoke. Yeah, I Tobacoke. To God, I yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you're so you're so right, John. Like we're focusing so much on yeah. No, the 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 link to delayed discounting is is very prevalent, but it's also uh, a little bit. Dude, get used to me saying the word, man. Like it's gonna come up. What should I say instead of it, Amber? Because that's gonna happen. Austin to be Double D Trudeau. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That, that phrase is forbidden. Oh man. Okay, Amber, give me a proxy. Oh, give me uh give me uh, something I can Delayed gratification, maybe? Okay, okay, okay. DG. DG. Like a normal guy. Hold on, one thing hold on, one one little bonus thing I wanted to throw in here just really quickly as well, just because it it was a, it was a fascinating chapter as well. John, just, you said you promised us that you will reveal the title of this incredible book last episode. No, no. Once I finish the book. Oh, I want you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why are you reading so slow? Come on, kill everything. Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually on, studying the book. Oh, fair play, fair play. I'm reading other books as well. Okay, this is. This <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah. So, uh, this is the, the this this chapter. One of the things that I thought was so fascinating was that you have to be so careful. Uh, to not fall in, fall victim. And I'm not sure if I talked about this in the last podcast, so cut me off if I did, but about how the grass is always greener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you did. Okay, well, I still want to kind of briefly touch upon it again. Oh, yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you don't want to fall victim to the grass is always greener. And, 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 and so few people focus enough and get the full rewards about what they're currently doing. And I'll kind of give you two examples in my life that I'm currently trying to like double down and really try and cultivate, okay? The deepest rewards both with my painting business and as well as with my relationship with Trisha, okay? So a, a common thing nowadays is like one night stands and just sort of like having like very shallow, you know, relationships and just kind of going one from person to the next, okay? That's that's the, the, the essence of the grass is always greener. Never like actually like just finding one person and just making it work and accepting their flaws and just like loving them for, for who they are and working with them to improve, right? Or think about the painting business, right? I mean, if I had a, if I had a just taken like, you know, the $20,000, uh, you know, $24,000 I made in my first year and thought, oh, I'm just going to go to get a job as a bank, you know, analyst because that's, that pays $50,000 a year. That would be a very short term thinking, right? Because the grass is greener at that present moment. But I'd probably still just be making 50 grand a year versus the fact that I've doubled down and I got really good at one thing and I, and I stuck with painting. It's allowed me to have this tremendous income. And I imagine the same thing will happen, uh, at least I'm betting on this with Trisha, right? I mean, think about what it's going to be like when we're married for 60 years, right? The benefits and, and the rewards from that relationship, I think are going to be so much greater in the future um, than they are now. And I hate to say it, but that also sounds like delayed discounting. Boom. 
and boom goes the dynamite. There we go. Is that is Aust- that not the essence? Is that not the essence of uh, delay discounting though? Like it uh, is. Uh, partially is like the grass is. is always greener. Um, there's an aspect. There's a bit of an aspect of delay discounting, and the grass is always greener, right? Because you're thinking that what you currently are offered now is not going to be better than what you're going to get later. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Austin. Like, it's almost yes. like delayed discounting, but it's like, hey, would you rather take $10 now or potentially more than $10 later? Yeah. It's really... Look, listen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like... This, it's, it's a harder yeah. question. I know it's harder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold yeah, on, hold yeah, on, hold yeah. on. Austin, I want you to put this to the ultimate test, all right? Nah. So it's really easy to make a shirt these days. And we're going to make our first merch. And it's the okay. d- delayed discounting shirt. That's all it says on it. Delayed Legendary. in the front. How much discounting no, 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 in the how back? Much, yeah. How much? How? how I'm gonna how, start like, this. How much you know do you what? delay your discounting? <laughs> no, you know what? That's fine. I'm That's gonna fun. do this. I'm gonna make sure it's gonna say the weekly call podcast. And every dollar we make off oh, that no, no, de- dude, delayed no. discounting shirt, we're gonna please, invest in this. Please in this make podcast. a shirt that says that says uh, uh, Juicy J now. <laughs> Or John Morgan no, no, later. No, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? We have plenty of merch ideas coming. I but know, you dude. need to start with delayed in the front, discounting in the back, delayed discounting shirt, and see how that sells. And for every copy yeah. that sells, you know what? We're going to invest that we into the, into this podcast. So we'll see who. And whoever buys the first... I'm just afraid of saying things because I, I know our listeners are kind of, you know, these guys, they'll do it. But yeah, if if we sell a hundred copies of this shirt. Dude, there's no way that we, no. I, don't even, I don't even want to sell a hundred copies of this shirt. No, what okay. were you going to say, Emmer, if we sell it? I'll shave my head. I'll go bald. I'm going to buy a hundred copies of the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You and Austin can't buy any. Yeah, you can't yeah. buy any. I'll say here. If a hundred copies of this disgusting phrase gets bought on a shirt. Delay discounting. I'll shave my head. I'm a no, good. Dude, no, you know you have to do. I don't discount I my like, future. That's the, that's the shirt. I feel like Ammer would look so pimp if he had a monk haircut where it's just like just shaved in the middle you know that yeah i'll, I'll get a monk haircut a hundred <laughs> copies of the shirt so if you guys have to team up you guys have to make your own snapchat group if you're listening to this you know i thought about doing you that buy in the fall 10 shirts each this is this is true so i actually thought about doing this in the fall because like I, I really wanted to like focus so much on my study i didn't want to like have to like leave the house and if i did i wanted to like you know like make it brief so i was just going to shave down the middle of my head to like prevent myself from wanting to go outside and like go do things yeah. like and just like so I would sit home and read. <laughs> That's pretty smart, actually. That's I got that from uh, Diogenes, actually. Diogenes, our Jeez. man. All right, well, Austin, are you capable of making a T-shirt? Yes, I'm capable. Let's do it. Fired up. Delayed discounting. Uh-huh. Weekly call podcast shirts. We're gonna sell out in a matter of seconds. Amber, get the hair buzzer mm-hmm. ready there. Let's go. Okay, we gotta wrap. We're gonna this have a up. midnight release like the Yeezy. <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you for listening i think this was yeah. uh, another another um yeah hit out the park whatever you call it baseball Jeez, yeah big sports guy you yeah this is good oh yeah i just do pull-ups that's all i do all right Anyways. all right guys we'll see, see you next boys. week see ya
Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.